Greetings, lovely listeners. You are listening to Saga, a podcast where a dude and a chick discuss art and animation. Who are we? Sarah and Garrison, two nerds discussing what's really important in life, cartoons. You may have also heard us from our previous podcast, The Theory of Creativity, or MSG, otherwise known as Movies with Sarah and Garrison. Why are we doing it? We find the podcast format enjoyable as well as we have some experience within the field, and it gives us the freedom to experiment as well. So why the name Saga? Because Sarah and Garrison, plus in animation, stories are told, hint at Saga. Don't think about it too hard, okay? Thank you, one and all, and I'm glad you're listening to the Saga podcast. We're going to be talking about Toy Story 4 today, but before that, some news. Greetings, lovely listeners. You are listening to Saga a podcast where a dude and a chick discuss art and animation. Who are we? Sarah and Garrison, two nerds discussing what's really important in life, cartoons. You may have also heard us from our previous podcast, The Theory of Creativity, or MSG, otherwise known as Movies with Sarah and Garrison. Why are we doing it? We find the podcast format enjoyable as well as we have some experience within the field and it gives us the freedom to experiment as well. So why the name Saga? Because Sarah and Garrison, plus in animation, stories are told, hint at Saga. Don't think about it too hard, okay? Thank you, one and all. And I'm glad you're listening to the Saga podcast. We're going to be talking about Toy Story 4 today, but before that some news. In our first news story, the CBS, it's like special broadcasting system, which is like a channel, Australia, they will be playing um, some Studio Ghibli movies for the month of July. It's interesting. They're actually making a new network called the CBS. um, I think you mean SBS. CBS. Yeah. (laughs) SBS World Movies. We've got CBS over here, but it's a little (laughs) bit different. (laughs) SBS World World Movies. They're going to be playing some classic movies and some new movies uh, on that channel. Which a reminder of next month, we will also be doing a month of Miyazaki, which is really more like a month of Ghibli, it sounds like. So this is a good opportunity for you to get on a different VPN, switch to Australia, and watch with us. And some of the movies that they will be playing in no particular order, although some of these aren't even Ghibli. So there's The Cat Returns, there's Kiki's Delivery Service, there's Laputa, Castle in the Sky, Ponyo, The Secret World of Arietti, The Boy and the Beast, the Castle of Cagliostro, from up to Poppy Hill, Howl's Moving Castle, Mary and the Witch's Flower, Spirited Away, Summer Wars, Tales from Earthsea, The Wind Rises, When Marnie Was There, and The Red Turtle. Our next news story. It's a, it, it's an up, update from, from a story that we talked about a few weeks ago. Check back on our Detective Pikachu podcast for the full story. But this is a follow-up talking about the BoJack Horseman sort of... Uh, scandal the crew wanted to be unionized but they were they were not able to for um complicated business reasons but luckily they were able to be uh, unionized and everything looks good now and they now have special benefits like uh securing employer paid health and retirement and other fun stuff like that so which you 
think that would be an option up front, but, you know, because studios, some studios, especially for like BoJack Horseman, any of the Netflix studios that work with them are small enough to the point where they may not necessarily have those. So if you are a young animator or aspiring to be an animator, just know that you may not have health insurance for a while. Mm, Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's actually an interesting story that we'll be talking about in one of our little facts. So stay tuned for that. Perfect. These are two Toy Story related news stories that I have brought to you today. One of them is, you know, about the launch of Toy Story 4, which just happened over this past weekend. And it's got a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, you know, a lot of people say that Rotten Tomatoes is bought out, which is fine. But many critics are saying that it's worth watching. And as a as a sequel to the third movie, it is still captured the hearts of many, including our generation who now have kids. One of the biggest scandal, I wouldn't say it's a scandal, but one of the biggest highlights for this movie was the fact that John Laster was supposed to be the original director of the film, but they switched to John Cooley before Lasseter's uh, six months sabbatical after the sexual misconduct that was happening. So that's a little bit of a darker bit of a news, but it's still pretty important to realize <laughs> in the history of animation and the history of some of these studios that are coming about. Um, just keep that in mind. When you are watching this, it is originally supposed to be from a ahead of Pixar. The next one is a little bit lighter and still kind of dark in some ways. There is a Toy Story 3 prank that I just came across, which is just too funny, especially if you've seen the movie um, Toy Story 3. It involves a prank which a young man plays on his mother. He clips off the entire ending of Toy Story 3 and just cuts it right after the incineration scene, or before they come and pick up everybody out of the cl- with out of the incinerator with claws and her reaction the mother's reaction is priceless there is a point in this little video clip that they catch of her reaction where the mother is saying i'm sure some sicko will put this on the internet and the kids are like yeah we should do that and in my head i'm just like wow that kid's a gangster like he's pulling off this terrible prank on his mother. Go watch it. It's going to be posted on our animation news as well as stuff we like. And please check out our Facebook for any of the links to these news stories. On to the overview for Toy Story 4. So Toy Story 4 follows several main characters. Of course, we see Woody. And we see Bonnie, his child. We see many of the other characters including Woody, Jesse, and I'm sorry, uh, Buzz Lightyear, Jesse. Some of the other characters that have followed through us followed with us throughout these four movies. We are introduced to a new character in this film, one who is I would say very special. He's a made toy from Bonnie because when Bonnie goes to her first day of kindergarten, she creates a project and this project is a spork with legs and arms and googly eyes a mouth etc when she puts him in in her backpack he comes to life and then becomes forky who is bonnie's absolute favorite new toy and she does not want to separate from this but unfortunately forky 
wants to be trash is consider he considers himself to be trash so woody makes it his mission to to make sure that forky does not separate from bonnie and that's when we come across some kind of obstacles for woody when the entire family goes on a little road trip a little vacation woody has to make sure that forky does not separate from bonnie but that it becomes difficult when Forky just decides to jump out of a window, separates himself. They get sidetracked even more. They run across little Bo Peep, who in the very beginning of the film was separated from Woody and Andy and the whole family. So we come across them and we see them unite at some point in the movie. I would say it's about family. This whole film is about family. Hmm. I beg to differ. It, mm-hmm. It's actually like a really... I felt really bad after after leaving this movie. You mean like because you watched it or because like it was like a story you cry or Well, it's it's like <laughs> I kind of blame the Toy Story franchise for how I feel about about uh toys or like the toys that I had. I still have them because of what the Toy Story series has taught me. I feel guilty for like getting rid of them. Oh. And I kind of felt sad after watching this because of that. Hmm. Okay, well, Garrison, I just want you to know that your toys are not alive, okay? So just, it's okay. It's okay to put your childish stuff behind you. (laughs) I mean, not literally behind you on a shelf, but like, you know, give them to younger people that can use them. Okay. Before we we talk more about it, I kind of wonder how different this movie would have been if Lasseter was involved. Like that's a very good point. Was was missing. Like I felt underwhelmed a bit. I can't quite put my finger on it quite yet. I absolutely agree with you. That's an extraordinary point, and I, I don't know quite what it is either. I think that there's an emotional like jab that was just not there like in the previous movies i'm not saying that there should have been like like an emotional jab it just felt like like okay so i think this movie we were in, introduced to a, a lot of new characters and the characters that we've come to know for the past th- three movies were barely in it and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way well there is a question that i I, and I think that's this is why maybe we don't feel the same way about this film is because the way this movie started. The movie starts with a scene from from nine years ago when Woody and Buzz and everybody was in the hands of Andy still before he went to college, before all this and that. And we see little Bo Peep is grabbed by this like craigslist buyer or something like it's just some stranger that approaches their house on a rainy day comes to grab little bo peep her lamp and her sheep and takes him away and woody is like devastated like this is his love interest and he 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 chooses to stay with andy instead of going with little bo peep and so we see this premise to begin with and so i think maybe we start off knowing that they these toys have love interests in the very beginning, like this, this is where this movie is going is Woody's love interest. So maybe that's why it's a little bit not as poignant with like the emotions. Is that, does that make sense? So, so you're saying because 
one of the characters was taken away that it loses some punch no i'm talking about like the love interests because we see that these toys have love interests and it's like a very emotional tie for them these two love interests are separated but then we see them connect with each other at the very end so i'm I'm saying like this whole movie is about the toys love interests not so much the humans I think in previous movies, they've touched on the idea of like the connectivity between the child and the toys. But this time, it's just about the toys. Well, I think that may be because they were trying to illustrate the idea that kids lose interest and they they lose their toys. They misplace them. They get new toys. They get new interests. You can't like live your life around a kid. They'll constantly change. So mm. you have to like do your own thing. Yeah. And that's see, that's kind of what I'm saying is like, it's not so much about the kid and the connection with the kid. Because when we watch these movies, we are the kid, you know, or at least we were the kid, but now we're the toy. Do you mm. see what I'm saying? Like, it's like, <laughs> it's, 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 I think that's why this film is so different. And now that I say it out loud, it sounds like, that's exactly what that is like we i connected more with the toys in this film than i did with the the child and the struggles that these child like these children are going through because in the first movie you know like we see um there's bullies there's there's the new favorite toy there's shiny stuff there's pizza it's all about the human in a subtle way but now this is more about the toy in like of the first two they came around they came out like within like a couple years yeah of each other and most of the audience was andy's age but then number three came out a lot of those same kids were now young adults going off to college so it was that sort of transition and now and then eight years later from the last one it is more like from from the toys perspective about humans right yeah so i think that's why like the third movie was a little bit more heartbreaking than the previous two and now they're playing on just the toys point of view which is like you know what you said like they they need to figure out life for themselves outside of just being a toy i'm not sure it's it's possible you know because you know like you know people and animals have certain like behaviors innate maybe their true purpose is to be be played with by a kid but if they can't do that then lose meaning in their lives like pretty much what what woody did Hmm. in this movie you know what i would have loved to see like in this film if they really wanted to push that to the edge of like what being a toy and only a toy does to you. Obviously, we see Woody kind of pushing himself to be this like extra good toy. But what if they had shown like a character <laughs> and like, okay, just like think about this, okay? What if they had shown like a random character and like we see the closet in Toy Story 4 and there's like all these other toys that are like, oh yeah, I wish Bonnie would play with me, blah, blah, blah. But what if there was like a toy that came out of like the darkness of the closet, like in the very, very corners, like, <sighs> like, I don't know, just like a really almost psychotic, violent toy <laughs> that's like, 
I've been a toy since the 1920s or something ridiculous like that. And I'm the best toy ever. I don't know. Just like some weird psycho toy. And I feel like maybe that would have added a little bit like, oh, this is really, this is really important for the plot because we didn't, maybe it wasn't really like discussed until the very end when little Bo Peep, kind of the other toys were like, you need to check yourself. Because you are pushing yourself for no reason. Wasn't that Stinky Pete and and Lotso like the crazy o- older toy that they were so cool? Sticky Pete, I don't remember. Is that from Toy Story Four? From two. That yeah, villain? yeah, basically. But it, it would have been cool to bring those characters back. Woody is like a toy from the fifties, but Andy was a kid from the nineties, but. Woody only seems to talk about Andy. So, like, what happened in those years before he met Andy? He was just on a shelf, maybe. Because, it seems, because, it, it seems that that uh, he has a strong attachment to him. So maybe, like, he lived his best years with Andy. You know, like, did Andy's dad leave him with him or something? I don't, I don't know. That's something to think about. But yeah, that's a lot of like deep questioning about this film. Hmm. But you know, maybe they're trying to play on uh, the else? idea of like Woody is like a parent too. You know? Oh, that's a good idea because he was like a parent to Andy. He took care of him. But you know, when your kid goes off to college, what purpose does a parent have? Because you know they're not taking care of someone anymore. It's exactly. Like, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. There was this running joke buzz and his inner voice that pretty much all he did in this movie he had no character that was it's kind of lame honestly yeah <laughs> i mean okay so can we talk about like the end scene real quick okay because you know they woody decides after all of this trying to make sure that bonnie has got forky and that they are reunited and he can unite all of these toys with his Bonnie. And it's, it's kind of a fiasco. Like Woody's trying really, really hard to make sure that these toys have somebody. And we see Buzz and Woody in the end because Woody decides not to go with Bonnie. He decides to stay with Bo and like this Wild West kind of like environment where he doesn't really know what's going to happen the next day. They say... We see Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear say to infinity, and then we skip to Woody saying and beyond. And I don't know what to think about it. Like, was that a good ending? Yeah, it's like they're splitting up the gang. It feels strange, like a, like like bittersweet or something. Yeah, I'm I'm not comfortable with it <laughs> because they're like because because it's not like they could just visit. You know, they're like hundreds of miles away. The likelihood of them meeting again is like really small. It's like a goodbye forever. Kind, uh, kind of like How to Train Your Dragon earlier in the year, hmm. where they were split, where the, where it was like a bittersweet bye. But I think that they that uh, How to Train Your Dragon did it much better. I, I agree with you on that one. I felt very comfortable with that one, sitting in that emotion and knowing that's how it ended. This one, I'm not so comfortable with. I think maybe, like I said earlier, it's because the older characters were barely in it. So maybe they switched out some of the newer characters and added the older ones. It would have been more satisfying. Although, you know, they have to sell new toys. So, of course, they would add 
you know, some new toys. So, well, do you think like Ducky and Bunny are going to be on there? Like they're going to sell Ducky and Bunny toys? And oh yeah, they they are. They are. What's really strange is that they're also selling Forky toys. No. Yeah, they are. <laughs> you can make one for like much cheaper because you know they're probably uh, selling Forky for like twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's like actually like clay and like wood sticks type <laughs> cleaners because if so, I might I might buy one. You know what? It. <laughs> no, it's it's all plastic. I'm I'm sorry. Ah, Gabby, Gabby, what did you think of that character and the antique shop? She was creepy from the beginning. She was creepy. She had this like very soft, sweet little voice, and she's just like. You know, I'd really like to get to know you. I'd really like to to see if I can make this work because I need you in my life and you're not going anywhere until I get it. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange how they wanted us to sympathize with that character, even though the first thing that she did was kidnap someone. Like, couldn't she have had just asked straight up for Woody's voice box? Yeah, she easily could have, but she didn't. She was very manipulative about the whole thing. She was kind of a mob boss. A little bit, yeah. She had her, her minions, those ventriloquist dummies. Yeah. I would creepy. definitely say she was the enemy of this whole film. Like, she was a villain. Yeah, she was. I'm glad that they didn't treat her like previous bad guys in the other movies. Like, she sort of had a like an arc that, you know, she just wanted to be played with by a kid. When she finally got it, or when she thought that she got it, that kind of like shocked me a bit. You know, the the scene where the kid threw, the, like, threw her away. I was, was actually cool. like really glad that happened. <laughs> what? I was so glad. I was like, ha, she gets what she deserves. She was strong arming Woody into, she was a very manipulative creature and character. And I didn't, I didn't care for her at all. Maybe, but you know, like I said earlier maybe um you know like toys just have this drive to be played with but she never got that because like she had like she had like an error in Mm. her making so she she never had that that chance um so i'm not excusing her but but i understand yeah i mean we don't know the politics of like the world of toys so maybe they like live in a social society and they're okay with just giving away and being weird about stuff stuff like that so (laughs) it's a lot of theory there but you know what's weird is that okay so have you have you looked at pictures of dolls from the 1950s like they're really creepy looking yeah i don't think a modern kid would like those things You'd have to be a very small little person to, no, not like a midget, no, (laughs) no, like a young, young individual to, I think, to want to be able to play with those. Because a lot of little, little, tiny little girls, I would say four to six is like a good age to give that kind of a doll to a young girl or young boy, if that's what they want to play with. Because that teaches them like parental like that's what that's the ages as they usually go for that kind of thing. This movie felt like r- really small. Like there were only about two or three locations, and they spent most of that in the antique shop. It didn't feel grand how I would have liked it. How the past three movies were. I can I feel that too. And the, the, I mean to be clear, like the animation was crisp. The animation was beautiful. It just 
didn't encompass the the I think the, like the small feel of the toys. Does that make sense? It didn't feel no, I don't understand. Like the toys felt larger than life in comparison to maybe how they were in the last several movies where we knew that they were toys. They played as smaller creatures in this giant world, but they they knew how to conquer this world in this movie. Yeah, like, yeah, like they were driving cars, they were other things. I, I struggle with Forky a lot. I don't... I see why they made his his character because they haven't really bl- brought out homemade toys. <laughs> and I thought his character was so charming and it brought such a different feel to everything. But he was the most annoying character in the entire film. Really? You think so? I do. I Yeah. Because, you know, he he jumped out of a window and it made me think like, he does he want to die? Or is this like, is this... <laughs> Is he suicidal or is he like, I, I, I just, I couldn't comprehend his, his thought process. <laughs> you could probably, you could probably look at him as like a person going through an existential crisis. Like, why do I exist? You know, what in life? <laughs> okay. I could see that. Um, but it also made me think like when I was watching the movie is you know, what happens when the toys do die or do they die? I think if, you know, they're going through the incinerator, then they do die. But, you know, like we've seen from Toy Story 1, they can be like cut up and reattached and become something new. So I think it's hard to kill them. That's fair. And then a lot of the characters would say things along the lines of like, if you sit on a shelf for the rest of your life, you'll never find out. But it's like, do toys even have ends of lives? Because they they talk about life like there's an end to it. They're immortal. I mean, yeah. they're plastic. They, they they'll they'll outlive us by you know hundreds of years. It's kind and of a tragedy, really. Yeah, and you would <laughs> think that they would recognize this and be like, I don't want to play with kids anymore. I'm far wiser than this, and just move on like Bo did. But yeah, it took Woody a long time to get to that. Yeah, there's okay. So this is something that I thought about. I think that Bonnie's love or something brought Forky to life, but in the same breath, Gabby never experienced love, but she's alive. You know, like what magic animates these toys? Keyword animates. <laughs> it's a good question. I don't know. It's a very complex universe. This Toy Story. Oh yeah. So yeah, one of my favorite running jokes was uh unicorn toy you know like they 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 really wanted to like frame dad and like send him to prison that was really funny to me that was clever (laughs) that was a good little part i i loved all of those toys and that whole scene was priceless honestly some of my favorite characters were definitely forky most of the new characters so like gabby was definitely not one of my favorite characters her arc was really cool it, you know forky definitely a good character and then Bo- bunny and duck way funny which of course are played by key and peel yeah did uh you like stay through the credits a bit for like where they were sort of showing like how their stories wrapped up that the scene with uh, bunny and ducky uh you know when they were like doing those the beams from their eyes that that scene was like beautiful like that was so so well animated that was yes i want to see more of that yeah <laughs> 
and you know like with their big like purple and pink eyes like they are just creepy toys yeah, to begin yeah. with that was creepy yeah i thought that yeah too. and so when they showed that scene i was like this is perfect like <laughs> they they their imagination was so great like that that was a great scene probably honestly the the mid-credit scenes were were probably better than the entire movie I could see that. They actually do have like Toy Story shorts that come out sometimes. So hopefully we'll like get some more closure, like something later about these characters because I'm a little underwhelmed this whole experience. I agree. I mean, it was a good movie, you know, overall. Yeah. I I probably wouldn't give it more than more than a 7.5 out of 10. But it was a good movie. Yeah, that's a good score, 7.5. Get on to the facts. I actually do have one final note. Um, my experience in the movies might have been uh, influenced negatively because of this annoying kid that was sitting next to me. You had annoying kids sitting next to you too? Yeah, like this kid had the shortest attention span. Like, like he, Like it was two minutes and then he would be flopping around, crying, uh, like staring at me and stuff (laughs) (laughs) how old was the kid too old like five or six yeah that's no there's no excuse for that uh so like how how full was your theater it was not full at all it might have been max 30 people uh yeah mine was was packed like it was like no no seats left it might do well this weekend it's probably gonna do well it's disney let's uh let's go right into these facts okay so Let's start with Toy Story 1. Woody was originally meant to be a ventriloquist dummy, which is interesting because I wonder if the dummies from from this movie were like a nod to Woody's origins. There was a Casper doll that Lasseter had that sort of inspired the look of Woody. Um, this, cast, this Casper doll had like a hard plastic head and a soft body like, like Woody does. The first movie, um, when, they were, when they were working on it, uh, one week's worth of of animation equaled eight seconds of footage incredibly tedious i don't know how how, how, how they did it yes yeah, like some like some frames took over 30 hours to render and they had over fourteen thousand frames laster and company they actually showed like first half of the movie to disney executives no one was really satisfied at this point because they were getting a lot of studio interference, especially from uh, Katzenberg, uh, who later left and worked for DreamWorks. They said that pretty much all of the characters were were like mean and and unhappy, which is uh, unfortunate, but luckily they got that fixed around. This was also during the time when Disney, they had a lot of hits that were musicals like Aladdin, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. So Disney wanted a musical from this movie, but John didn't want that. So they made a compromise. So they got Randy Newman on and they used non-diegetic songs, which means that the songs weren't coming from the characters. They were coming from like off screen from like Mm. place else. So that was a compromise. Toy Story 2. This was the sequel uh, for Toy Story 1, clearly, (laughs) clearly. But this was originally meant to be a straight to video movie but the disney team the the disney team saw their work their expectations were blown out of out of the water so they made it a theatrical film the rest is history cowgirl from the sequel she 
originally had a much smaller role, but John's wife, as well as Joan Cusack, really pushed for her for her to get uh, like more screen time and uh, give her more things to do. So, hey, feminism does play a role. <laughs> yeah, but and you know she was like one of my favorite parts of that movie. So, yeah, I'm glad they got her her that. But in this new movie, she had like two lines, and that that irked me a bit. That was really uh, upsetting. That's but, true. Yeah. This is prob- uh, prob- probably one of the, the most infamous stories from Toy Story 2. It's, uh, it's a real tragedy. So one year into pr- production of the film, one of the employees, they improperly got rid of one of the files at, that they were sending to one of the, the main server. And over 90% of the film was lost of the assets and the footage and backgrounds, which is not good. They get fired? I'm not sure if this is just like a theory they have that one of the employees did it or it happened some other way or I don't know. But no, no one was. They ended up losing over two years of work. This was during a time when Pixar wasn't as organized as they are now. So I'm sure after this, they definitely learned their lesson. Also, it helps that things are cloud-based so they don't have to worry about like a physical server. It automatically saves. Yeah. But technical director and mother Galen Suzman, she was like a, a like she would work at home sometimes, you know, taking care. So she didn't have time to always go into the office to to, you know, to work on the film. So she had her own personal server um, that she would work on that she would work on the film with. This actually helped them to, to like salvage some of assets, not not all of them, but some of them. It wasn't enough because during the last nine months they worked their team so hard like they were, were working over 100 hour weeks they got carpal tunnel and other and other uh injuries this sort of goes back to the bojack horseman thing about unions they luckily had you know they had you know uh what's the word i'm looking healthcare yeah <laughs> healthcare. <laughs> healthcare so it wasn't too hard but um it could have been much worse if if they, had, they were under different circumstances. But one of the funny stories from the overwork is that one of the fathers, they actually forgot to take their kid to school and they left them in the car and the police got involved. It was a big thing and luck, nothing happened. But those people must have gotten like so gray and like so weathered and, and fat from, you know, 100 hours a week. That's like so much stress. And yeah, that's it for Toy Story 2. But in Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 was pretty much built around the incinerator scene. The creators, they couldn't find a good reason to put Bo in there because, you know, since she's made of porcelain, she would have most likely shattered and broke in that scene. They didn't put her in that movie. <clears throat> but what's cool is that they retconned it into Toy Story 4 as to why she wasn't in Toy Story 3. So I thought that was pretty cool. Toy Story 3 is the number 28 all-time box office. Wow. And it was only beat relatively recently by number 19, Minions, number 16, uh, The Incredibles 2, and number 14, Frozen. Amazing. Incredible. Hey. <laughs> no, but uh, last but not least, we have Toy Story 4. You mentioned this, Sarah. Uh, you you sort of saw traces of a love story with Bo and Woody. This was first meant to be a love story, so it's cool that you caught up on that. And Gabby's hair is red because blonde takes longer to render. Considering that it can take them anywhere from 
60 to 160 hours to render a single frame. I don't I don't blame them. Duke Canadian stuntman is Canadian and they wanted to cast a Canadian so they got Keanu Reeves. Of course. Who course. did great. Yeah, he was probably one of my favorite characters, new characters too. We have Don Rickles who voices Mr. Potato Head. He mm-hmm. died in 2017 his family wanted him to like be in this new movie so they got old voices you know from uh, the older movies and put it into this one wow that's special you know this movie has an incredible amount of de- of detail most of, most of which you wouldn't see it's like microscopic like scratches and like fluff they probably could have saved a lot of time and and money if if they didn't add some some of these things that you wouldn't be able to see unless you were like 2 inches from the screen the first movie had over 120 employees compared to toy story 4 having over 1247 as far as lighting goes the first movie had only about six to seven light sources compared to now with like 200 and 200 to like 300 light sources. So it's gotten a lot more complex since then. The budget for this film, $132 million. So as far as the budget, the first three films was $320 million. The first three films. And this one alone, you said is $120 million. That's cheaper than I thought. Budget for Toy Story wasn't really released. They estimated it's about 170 to $200 million for just this one film. I wouldn't be surprised if it was even like since the first one, they've, they've like 10 times the number of employees. The render times take takes long. It seems like an all-around bigger project. And so far, the box office for this film is just $12 million. So they've got a while to catch up before they can re- at least make back their money. And this film was also directed by Josh Cooley, who did art up Inside Out. This is like one of his first directorial projects like big projects uh he did good for you know what he was given very true very true we see um tom hanks they brought back a lot of the same actors for this film of course including don rickles so we you know tom hanks plays woody tim allen buzz lightyear and maybe that's why they didn't give buzz lightyear as many lines is because it's tim allen and potts which is Bo Peep, Tony Hale as Forky, Keegan Michael Key as Ducky, um, Madeline McGraw as Bonnie, Christine Hendricks as Gabby Gabby, Jordan Peele as Bunny, Keanu Reeves, Duke Kaboom, Allie Mackey as Giggle McDimples, Jay Horrendez as Bonnie's dad, Lori Allen as Bonnie's mom, Jesse Kuzak as Jesse. Well, that is all for Toy Story 4. We have a very special project, I guess, or, or, or like a series of podcasts coming up next month that we're calling the month of Miyazaki, where we will be going over the history of Hayao Miyazaki, as well as go over some of his films. And and I'm really excited about that. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So we will probably let you guys know what movie we will be discussing week by week as we produce 